0: What to expect when you're expecting. Anybody ever heard of that book before? Anyone? No one. 200 million copies, New York Times bestselling list, 15 years, no one has heard of that book. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. (laughs) It was one of the most appreciated gifts that Kathy and I received when we first began to spread the news about her pregnancy with Kristen. Somebody gave us a copy and... Quite rightly, this book is dubbed the Bible of American-Canadian Pregnancy. What to expect when you're expecting is perhaps the most trusted pregnancy guide on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, uh, you know, this afternoon I called Kathy and said, "That, that book's been hanging around our house for about, well, 25 years. I said, do you know where it is? She goes, no, I think we loaned it to somebody that was, yeah, pregnant, expecting someone that was expecting it. I listened to the author this afternoon speak about the book that she had written. She said it was a book that was birthed out of need. She said it was just hours before she delivered her first daughter, literally hours before she submitted the manuscript for proposal to her publisher 37 years ago before her first daughter was born. She said it was the book that she wished existed to help her go through the process of pregnancy. In 1984, What to Expect When You are Expecting appeared and stayed around as one of the best pregnancy and parenting books of all times, one of the longest-running New York Times bestsellers in history, 20 million copies. Today, USA Today dubbed it as one of the 25 most influential books of the last 25 years. Heidi, the author, was named one of the 100 most uh, influential people in the world by Time Magazine just four years after its publishing. It spoke to the questions lurking in every couple's mind when they first see the proof on that pregnancy test. And they ask themselves, now what? Anybody ever remember being there? Any moms and dads in the room? Now what? Now what do we do? And the book speaks to first things first. It speaks to lifestyles that have to change. Oh, somebody say amen. It speaks to eating habits that need to be adjusted. Gives lists of what you ate before, but what you should eat now. Maybe some of us could revisit that little book. What to expect when it comes to changes in mom's body. What to expect, dads, what you need to do. And and the growth of the baby, what happens through every trimester. What happens on a month-to-month, week-to-week, day-to-day basis. The preparations for delivery. What you need to be ready. It's all outlined in the book. It's what to expect when you're expecting. Well, you know, I haven't come to preach to us tonight about expecting. Kathy and I don't have any news for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) We have had an influx of babies and pregnancies recently. For that, we're celebrating. Could you celebrate some of the, yeah, some of the recent parents, some of the proud grandparents that are in the room right now. We're celebrating with them. Some people say COVID babies. I don't know. Makes sense to me. But if I could keep us on track tonight, I would slip back to the author, Heidi, and and I think that she would tell us that what to expect was never more important than what she was expecting. What to expect were things that you would encounter, things that you need to prepare for. But it was all pointed and focused like a laser to the end of that project, to the end of that goal. What to expect when you're expecting isn't about what to expect. It's more about the thing that you're expecting. The who that you are expecting is what that book is about. It's to prepare you for the promise that's about to come. It's to mentally keep you in check and and make you mind the things that you need to mind so that the end result is reached with full purpose. Someone knows what I'm talking about a little bit tonight. What to expect when you're expecting changes the way you live on a day-to-day basis. What to expect was never more important than what she was expecting. The book's manuscript outlined daily activities, the potential problems, potential setbacks, but it was never more than what she was never more important than what she was expecting you see if you're not expecting you're not going to embrace the promise if you're not expecting you're not going to understand what the book is talking about. If you're not expecting, you pick the book up. It doesn't mean a whole lot to you. You might flip through the page and say, well, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that. There may be a point that you didn't understand or, or something that you didn't know, and it's a point of interest or, or just a little tidbit of knowledge that you didn't know. But but let me tell you that if you're expecting and you pick that book up, you're going to thumb to the page about just about where you are in your trimester right now, and you're going to begin to read about what things you could be going through. And, and if anybody else is expecting, what you're experiencing right now because it's zeroing you in. It's allowing you to focus on what you are expecting. It affects the way that you live, it affects the way that you act, it impacts your decisions on a day to day basis. And like I said, I'm not just here to talk about people's pregnancy tonight. I want to shift this over into the supernatural realm for a moment because the Spirit quickened me this week and God began to ask me a simple question. God just kind of said, Jack, are you existing or are you expecting? Are you existing in just a moment? Are Are you making it through the day? Or are you living in anticipation of the promise that's coming down the road? Are you living with anticipation about the promise that I gave in my word? Are you living with the expectation that the trumpet's going to sound in one sweet day? We are all going to be called away. I'm wondering if anybody in the room is allowing yourself to be filled with just a little bit tonight I'll ask you the question the Holy Ghost asked me are you existing or are you expecting. You see, if you're expecting, you're not going to get sideways of purpose. If you're expecting, you're not going to get sidelined by the enemy if you're expecting. If you're expecting, you're going to understand that there's some things that are coming along, but they're never meant to deter you. They're never meant to pull you off track. God allowed it to strengthen you. God allowed it so you'll come through the other side. God allowed it for a moment to come into your life so you could see him in a greater measure, in a greater manner, as a greater God than he's ever been. I'm talking to somebody tonight that we are expecting. It's a difficult season. We're in pastor already tagged it in prayer. And just a moment ago, I've got it in my notes. You see part of our growth model. I love the church. Anybody love the church? I'm so glad you're here tonight. Uh, I'm so glad you're with us online, but, but part of our growth model, the engine that we use to to, to grow the church is, is about bringing people out of the community into the crowd of believers that are here every single week. It's about people coming from the crowd and becoming a part of the congregation. It's about people being in the community, but then becoming a part of the committed. They're, they're just the crowd at first, but then they 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 get a hold of a little bit of what God has in store for them. And, and all of a sudden, they fit into God's purpose and God's plan in a local church. And we begin to see this, this activity about the church coming into being and, and to become a part of the core. And that's kind of the model that we're used to. It's inviting people to church. It's, it's them sensing the excitement and the belief that we have and, and people fellowshipping together. It's a family of God working together. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful today. I, I'm not dismissing anything that we have today, but, but if I'm going to be honest, it's a little different than it was two years ago. So the mess is this, that we can't have a crowd right now. If part of our model is about bringing people from the crowd and allowing them to be part of the congregation, the crowd isn't really going anywhere to church. They may be tagging us online. Thank you for joining us. We love you. Join us. Come. That's wonderful. It's great. We can't have a crowd right now, and and, and we're rotating multiple services just to ensure that that. Church family has an opportunity to connect together, and and Pastor already talked about it, so I won't talk about it, but if we're not careful, a subtle shift occurs, and we we embrace the mentality about maintaining rather than God's plan of growing. We we embrace the idea that that we're just shepherding and we're just waiting until we get through this moment, or, or we're just kind of kind of allowing the people. We're clumping everybody together and we're we're stumbling our way along. We're thump, thumping our way through, but but our, our mentality shifts from evangelism to, to shepherding. It's shifts from from just uh, you know to seeing what what the crowd is coming in to, to just is the church even here? Is everybody okay? Is how's everybody doing? How how are people on the peripheral? Is anybody slipping right now? And and if you're not care your whole focus can become about the church that we already have and we forget about the church that God has in store for us I want someone to be reminded today that God has a plan and we're not in the well come on this isn't the end of it this is the beginning of it God has a plan for growth and we've got to move from just expect from existing to expecting expecting God's promises are yet to be fulfilled I don't know about you, but I don't believe. Pastor's preaching about the bride. I don't believe that the bride is just going to be getting into heaven, hanging on the bumper. Getting drug in by her her fingernails. I don't believe that. And if I believe what the word says, it says, In the last days saith God. That there's going to be a a supernatural outpouring and a growth that occurs and the church is going to expand. And so sometimes I think we wonder, where are we right now? Can I just remind somebody, this is something that we need to expect when we're expecting. The reason this matters to us is because we're expecting more in the future. The reason that I I just got this little word from God for someone to hang on in the middle of the problem because this is what we're supposed to expect when we're expecting. We're supposed to expect a bump along the way. A righteous man falls seven times but the Bible said he gets back up. He may fall but he gets back up. He may run into a wall but he gets back up. He may We've walked with people struggling in this season, physical effects, emotional effects, spiritual effects of this unexpected pandemic shift and the danger is that we become so focused on maintenance and we miss the moment and the opportunity for evangelism. That's why it's so healthy for us to hear reports of Pastor Justin in Nova Scotia and revival that's springing up. I'm not, I'm not condemning us, by the way, tonight. I think sometimes some of you may look at me like he's mad at us again. <laughs> Your goodness is running. <laughs> Can we get the music key back up here i'm not I'm not mad at you. I'm a little mad at the devil. I'm a little frustrated like like pastor said uh, at the circumstance i'm a carry on. So I'm wondering tonight if we could just kind of take a moment and remind ourselves that some of what we're walking through is the very thing we should be expecting, if we're expecting. The challenges that we're struggling with right now aren't to destroy us, it's to make us stronger. Because without resistance, we'll never build strength and stamina until we run a little bit of the race on our own we're never going to experience that cardiovascular spiritual health that we need we need to get engaged in what God is doing because God doesn't intend for us just to sit here and wait for something to happen God intends for his church to go out and make something happen make make it happen in the Holy Ghost reach out with the power of God and watch God work in the midst of a problem that's what God intends for us to do in the midst of the struggle tonight in the midst of the problem here's what we need to expect when we're expecting it's the word that makes this declaration in in jeremiah it's the prophet that spoke god's just told them that he knows they've got to go through a 70-year captivity of babylon oh lord please no but he gives them promise that they're going to return to their land and you know we have this verse printed on t-shirts and mugs and posters and slap it on the fridge and claim the promises, but we forget that it's God speaking after He's told the people they're going to sit through 70 years of captivity. We all want to claim this promise, but we don't want the problem attached to it. We we all want it on our mug with our morning java. But we forget that it's in the middle of God saying, Well, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. But somewhere in the midst of your 70-year experience, I want to remind you is what God was saying. It was the weeping prophet Jeremiah that made the declaration. He said, in the midst of that experience, don't forget, God said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Number one, God's thinking about you. In the midst of the problem, God's not forgotten. In the midst of the challenge, God's not forgotten. When something unexpected comes into your life, God hasn't forgotten about you. God knows exactly where you are, He sees you right in that moment. God knows the thoughts. He's thinking about you right now. The thoughts. I know the thoughts, God said, I, I know about you. I know I know where you're living right now. I know the frustration that was in your mind yesterday, this morning. I know the shouting in the pillow that you did last night. I, I know the tears that you cried this week. I, I know who you talked to in, in such frustration. I know all about I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. He said, I haven't forgotten about you. Thoughts of peace. I haven't, I haven't forgotten. I haven't left you. We're just walking through a season. This is what to expect when you're expecting. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And this is what God said. Read it with me. And not of evil to give you an expected end. God has an expectation on your life. God has an expectation. He he doesn't have an expiry date on your life. God has an expectation on your life. God has a purpose and God has a plan, pastor. God's got an intentional design over top of your life and it isn't to end here. It's not to end poorly. It's not to end w- It's to end well. God has an expected end. <laughs> Here's a simple reminder. You're unexpected is still part of God's expected. The challenge that you faced this week, today, the challenge that you're struggling with right now, didn't catch God by surprise. God knows exactly where you are. Your unexpected is part of God's expected. It's part of God's expected end. It's it's so that you can keep on walking. He said, well, he said, we're going to have, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So when I face a little bit of tribulation, you know what it is? It's the expected part of the expectation that I've got a hold of. It's the expected part of the problem that I'm going to embrace so that I can get to God's expected end in my life. That's what we're talking about. So if I could steal the title from Heidi's book, I'd I'd put it over top of the Bible because that's really what the word is about. It's about what to expect when you're expecting. It's about an end time promise for a last days church that we are embracing because I'm expecting God to come through on his promise. That's what faith is. You know what faith is? It's expecting even when it seems impossible. Faith is expecting God to come through on his word even when it doesn't look like he can or will. Faith is saying, you know what? I'm stepping out on nothing. And then you land on something because God's expected end was greater than the unexpected issue in your life. God's promise is greater tonight. And that's what we're talking about. He has an expected end. Your storm didn't catch God by surprise. We've been blessed here at CCC. And and you know, it's, it's like I already mentioned, it's that bumper crop of babies. It's quiet in here tonight. Where are all the babies? It was during one of those connect nights last summer that Nicole and Jeremy got Kathy and I's attention. We were meeting over at Odell Park and they kind of ran up to us before we got to the people that were assembled there for Connect Night. And they said, We're expecting. It's like, what? <laughs> Jeremy, you're here? Yeah, there he is. You know, we didn't drop everything in that moment, put Nicole in a padded room and slide a tray of food under her door every day. No. Because life still happens. But can I tell you that it's, it's changed the dynamics of the office. Our staff, you know, we know that she's got some doctor's appointments that she needs to attend to. We, we know that she's got to keep an eye. She goes for a little walk in the afternoons every now and then. Keep the blood moving. We don't want her sitting at the chair all the time. No, it, it's changed the dynamics a little bit. Why? Because they're expecting they're expecting means that it impacts the way that they live day to day. It, it, they're expecting means that they make some revisions in the house. It, they're expecting means that all of a sudden a, a cradle goes up and, and a crib goes in the corner. And, and They're expecting means that there's a rocking chair in the corner. There They're expecting means that grandparents are, are getting excited and there's showers and there's there's clothes that are getting bought and there's diapers that are getting stored up. And Let me tell you why. Because they're expecting. Can I just remind the church that we have an expectation of revival that God has Foot, and it's time for us to prepare for what God is going to do. It's expectation. It, it brings some stuff with it. It's, it brings anticipation. Here's what to expect when you're expecting. Expect anticipation. It makes, a, it, it makes its way into conversations. It adjusts your outlook. Expectation builds excitement. You spend time wondering, I I wonder what the baby will be like. I wonder what kind of personality they'll have. Are they going to be like, Mom, hope so. Are they going to be like, Dad, I don't know. God help us. What color hair? What color eyes? What will their strengths be? How will we overcome challenges? Where are we going to send them off to school? Are we going to find out if it's going to be a boy or a girl? I wonder if we're going to have twins. Oh, my Lord. We're talking about anticipation. Why? Wow. It just ramps. The anticip- can I just tell you, when you're expecting, anticipation begins to rise up in your spirit. I, I wonder if someone can just get a hold of the expectation that God has over your life. I, I wonder if someone can get a hold of the expectation that God has over our church. Uh, I wonder if someone can get a hold of the expectation that God has over our district, over, over our, come on, our communities and our province and, and in our nation. I wonder if someone could just believe God for more. Is anybody expecting tonight? Anybody expecting tonight? Expectation brings preparation. It brings all those things we already talked about. You begin to prepare for what isn't here yet. You begin to prepare. Can I? Can I just tell you? Some people probably look at us a little sideways when we say we just we we just entered a major building project in our new sanctuary. Why? Most of the churches are empty every Sunday. Exactly. We're expecting we we're, we're expecting we're We're getting ready to move pews out, move chairs in, new carpet, brand new. We're getting ready to prepare so we can communicate more effectively, so we can communicate better. Why? Oh, we're expecting. Why? Why would you finish a a, a children's wing and a a youth wing in the middle of a pandemic? Can I just tell you? Because we're expecting. We're in the room tonight with a limited crowd, with with more people with us online than there are here right now. But I'll tell you why. Because we're expecting. We're expecting fire to fall. We're expecting Holy Ghost outpouring. We're expecting. <laughs> we, we we were expecting this is not my notes. Lord help help me. We were expect we we're expecting our baptismal to arrive in time and be ready, but right now it's it's got a big old crack in the top and we've got a <laughs> insurance claim with Day and Ross waiting. People say, well, why don't, you just, why don't you just leave that for now? I'll tell you why. We got to get that tank filled up and get it ready because we don't know when somebody's gonna show up and want to be baptized. I, I'm just telling somebody, we're expecting, we're expecting that we're gonna need that baptismal tank. So come on, Day and Ross, let's get let's get the let's get the process. As a matter of fact, pastor said, forget it. Just go forward, move with it. Let's get that tank on order, whether we get the $1,700 US reimbursed or not. We need a baptismal tank in the sanctuary ready because people are going to be saved we are expecting we're expecting we're preparing we're celebrating we're filled with gratitude and thankfulness and determination we're, we're filled with all the why that, that's, that's what to expect when you're expecting expecting means dedication I remember when Kristen was first born and, and Justin we did it for you too but I I remember that day in particular that after I left Kathy, that was when the babies were still taken to the nursery. I don't know if they do that now or not. But I remember stopping by the nursery at the end of that busy, exhausting day for Kathy and exciting and all those things together. But but I remember going into that nursery and asking the nurse, can can I just hold Kristen before I leave? there she was, little blue-eyed, blonde-haired, perfect baby. Every parent's Baby's perfect. We although I understand that I think that we get the most perfect babies around here. Go ahead, grandparents, come on. I see I see Brent Cole Jericho and back there. But I remember holding her in my arms and I remember promising God and promising her I will do whatever it takes to make sure. Make sure that you're safe. Make sure that you're taken care of. Come on, I'm going to make sure that our house is a house of prayer. I remember that. Little 24 inches. She was 24 inches, wasn't she? 24 inch long, 7 pounds, 13 ounces. Is that right? (laughs) Tears falling off my cheeks. Nurses looking on probably laughing behind my back, but dedicating. Before Kristen was ever dedicated in a church service, she was dedicated in the nursery. Why? Expecting God's promise fulfilled in her life. Expecting God to do something great. Expecting. Anybody expecting tonight? That's what happens. You begin to dedicate the future. You begin to see the big picture. You look past the next 10 minutes. You look past the 10, next 10 months. You look 10 years and you look into 20 years. You're praying, God, everything that we can do, anything that we can do. It's dedication time when you're expecting. Expectation is a powerful thing. And so, as I come in for a landing on this sermon, that's my question tonight what are you expecting? Are you synchronized with the spirit on this one? Let me ask that question again. Are we existing or are we expecting? Since there's prescriptive promise in the sermon title tonight, what to expect. Let me just take a few more minutes and remind us because sometimes you're not expecting the unexpected has knocked the wind out of your expectation. The unplanned caught you by surprise. And now you're wondering what in the world do you do? Well, let me remind you tonight that God has an expected and feel the Holy Ghost right now. I wonder if someone just lift your hands. Spirit of the living God, will you fall? God, fall. Fall in this room. God, fall in that room, wherever that room is right now. So what What to expect when you're expecting? I'll remind us, we can expect storms. In Luke chapter 8, The Bible tells us that it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Jesus said it. We've heard it preached a hundred times. The expected end was the other side. The expected end. That was Jesus' expectation. This boat is going over to that side. And he gets in and he lays down. The Bible says they, they launched forth. How many have ever launched forth? Here we go. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Launch. We launch. They launched forth and as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep and here it comes. And there came down a storm of wind upon the lake and they were filled with water and they were in jeopardy and they forgot that the expected end was the other side the expected end was not the bottom of the lake the expected end was not a broken up ship the expected end was not death that was not their end the expected end was the other side of the lake so they came to him they woke him they said master master we perish." and he rose and this is what he does he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered and said to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the wind and the water to obey him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against the Galilee. Can I tell you that when God puts us in the boat and tells us we're going to the other side, we're going to encounter storms. So everyone get ready for what to expect when we're expecting someone shout storms. There are going to be storms along the way. There's going to be a little bit of wind that blows. There's going to be times when it doesn't look very good right now. But if we'll just hang in there, if we'll we'll just get to calling on the master, he can calm the storm that's in our life, and we're going to come out of that, and we're never going to forget that he's a storm stiller. We're never going to forget the fact that God can calm the raging water. We're never going going to forget the fact that the wind can be calmed down when he speaks. That's what we can expect when we're expecting. We can expect that we're going to the other side. You can expect to persevere in prayer. We can come back to the music. Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up and drink for there's the sound of abundance of rain. Someone say expectation. The Bible says this is what happens sometimes. We hear the promise and, and some of us are a little bit too much like Ahab. He went up to eat and drink. He went up to eat and drink. Some people are never going to pay the price for the expectation. But while Ahab was eating and drinking, let me tell you, Elijah said that he went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and he put his face between his knees. And he began to pray. Why? Because he knew that they needed rain. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. We just kind of pass over that scripture sometimes, but it says that he he cast himself down upon the earth and he put his face between his knees. He he's just observed the, the miraculous power of God. But now he knows that the people need more than fire to fall, they need rain. To fall. They've seen the judgment of God work, but now they're waiting for the blessing of God to come. And he cast himself down seven times in a season of confusion. In a season of division, in the midst of the unexpected, in the midst of people that didn't seem to care, in the midst of Ahab, he's eating and drinking, he's, he's kind of taking the prophet at his word, he's already forgotten about the price that has yet to be paid, but in the midst of all that, Elijah drops to the floor of that, that mountain and begins to cry out to God, God, would you send the rain? God, send the rain, and he sends that servant seven times. He doesn't send them seven times because he doesn't expect the storm to come. He sends them seven times because he expects that the rain is going to fall. Not only just a little bit of rain, not just a cloud the size of a man's hand, but he said there's going to be an abundance of rain. He declared it in the middle of impossibility. He, he declared it in the midst of a blue sky. enough of that tie he declares it when nobody is expecting it he declares it in the middle of the pandemic when he doesn't see the promise that's coming down the dusty road. That's when he makes the declaration. And then he gets down to praying, saying, God, send the rain. Send the rain in the midst of the problem. Send the rain when nobody believes it's going to fall. Send the rain because your word is true. Send the rain. I'm going to tell you, I got down on my office this afternoon. And I began to cry out to God. And I didn't get down one time. I got down and I prayed. And then I got back up. And I walked back and forth. And then I got back down on my knees. And I tried to do it just like the Bible said Elijah did. But I'm just telling you, I can't get my head between my knees. I got close. I got as close as I could. But I called out I said, God, we need the rain. We need the rain to fall at CCC tonight. We need the rain to fall in that chapel that I'm looking over right now. We need the rain to fall right there where they're singing. Right now where they're prepping. Right now where they're joining. We need the rain to fall in that place tonight. I got down five times. I got down. As a matter of fact, I started turning. Because just in case I wasn't praying in the right direction. I, I don't know if there was a right direction to pray or not. But I just figured we may as well cover all the points of the compass. North, east, south, west. God, send the rain. And somewhere in the midst of five and six and seven, I lost count. So that's why just a minute ago, I I know that I got six in, but I wasn't sure I got seven in. But that's why I got down just that one last time. Not trying to be dramatic, but I'm just trying to be biblical. And I just just have this belief that, that if I prayed... The way that Elijah prayed or if we cried out the way that Elijah cried out that God would rain down the way that God could rain down in this service I am just about ready to holler out the window to Eric because he's been running around like a servant around here I was gonna say would you go look for a cloud the size of a man's hand because I'm believing that God is gonna do something in this service So, it may be it may be that God's got me preaching this whole message just for me it may be that that's not my notes it may be that we're just here and you're the casual observer of something that God's trying to do in my life it may be that and I pray that someday we look back and remember I remember that because I pray that there's a mark shift in what God does. I don't think it's coincidence that pastor stood up here and said, I just, I just feel like we got to pray about this pandemic. I do too. Because I'm sick about it taking all the headlines when we need God to pour his spirit out and that become the end-time headline that our world needs right now. So that question. Are we expecting? Or are we just existing tonight? Because expectation pushes us out of the comfort zone. Expectation. <laughs> expectation is praying that seventh time and asking, God, would you do it again? Expectation. Expectation is Expectation is that when we see that little cloud, the size of a man's hand, that it's enough for us. Go tell Ahab, prepare the chariot and get down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girds up his loins. The Bible says that he kind of picked up his robe, and off he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Why? Because God was coming through on the promise that he had given. His expected end came to pass. You can go ahead and stand together with me. Thank you for your very kind attention tonight the expected end is disciples that hear the promise of the Father to tarry in Jerusalem until they're endued with power from on high and I, I don't know how many people stop them I don't know how many jobs they put off I, I don't know but between, <clears throat> between Luke 24 49 and Acts chapter 12 there's a group of disciples that leave the Mount of Olives and go into the upper room and the Bible says that They came in, they went into an upper room, and they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Why? Because they were expecting. And then we read... And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Fully come from what? Fully come from them praying until God poured out. Fully come from them waiting on God. Fully come from them saying, Oh God, would you send us the promise of the Father? Send us the fire of the Holy Ghost. Send it on down. Send it on down. Maybe all of this tonight is just to remind you, don't let the unexpected overtake your expectation tonight. Don't let the unexpected overtake your expectation tonight. You know, in in my office, when I was fired up, I I began to pull down some of these books. Men of God that I admire, trust. Brother Willoughby, entering the restricted zone. What is it? It's about expectation. Going into that unplanned place, believing God for the impossible. Brother Morton Buster, the impassioned soul. About hungering for God like we never had before. Why? Because we're expecting Sometimes, I'm telling you, we just get caught up with the unexpected. We get we get messed up. We, we just get sidelined by the enemy and God's calling us back. He's not finished. He's still working. It's still his plan. Brother Haney, the irresistible wave about revival, that's what we're talking about. God's still, come on, God's not finished. He's still going to do what he promised that he would do. I saved this one for last, brother. Brother Benny DeMurchin. Because I I think that this paragraph toward the end of the book relates a little bit to where we are in our own lives. He said a flashback to the earliest attempts at holding church service in Manaus was mid-October of 1967. His wife playing the accordion in breathtaking heat in that grand city. He said they'd gathered together behind the soccer stadium, and there they were. He, his wife, eight people waiting on God. Difficult service, eight people, and he said they were trying to have church, and after each goal, a horrendous war cry would go up that favored whatever team that crowd was cheering for when they scored a goal on the net and here he was with a little accordion trying to compete with a crowd in a huge stadium that had gathered behind them. he said every time that that crowd would rise and roar he said the dogs in their little neighborhood would start running and howling down the street He said it was horrible he was so frustrated he said at the end of his sermon benny was totally frustrated he said from within he heard a small satanic voice sneer you might as well close your bible And pack up your bags and move back to Canada. You'll never have a church in this city. Wow. What a blast from the furnace of hell. In a flash, Benny remembered how God called him and Sister Teresa into the work in the Amazon. The special mission service that he had attended in Perth, New Brunswick, Canada. In 1957, in the lighthouse on the map after the crash landing on Route 13 in 1962. And listen to what happens. When the unexpected came, Benny remembered he had an expected end. He remembered that God had a plan over his life and that God had called him to him, to him. and now it's not just for eight people sitting around an accordion listening to dogs howl as they around in the street when somebody scored a goal in a soccer game. He said he was reminded and in his spirit Benny yelled a cry that he wanted the accuser and all of hell to hear. Satan, you are a liar. God called us here. There will be an Amazonian church here. I plan to stay in Menhouse if it takes my hide off. And you can put this in your pipe and smoke it. God called us here. God called us here not to have church as usual until the end. But God has an expected end. Now I don't know why we got 45 acres of land out here that have yet to be built on. But I just have an idea that God has and expect it in so I'd like to put hell on notice tonight get ready because you can take this hide and put it in your pipe and smoke it but God's going to bring revival to Fredericton Would you back up and pull your hands about four feet apart and begin to clap it like you know that God's got a promise. Come on, God's got a promise coming down our dusty road. Come on. Come on, Brother Willoughby. Thank you for challenging us. We're entering the restricted zone. We're going for it tonight. Thank you, Brother Buster, for challenging us. We've got impassioned souls. We're going for it. Why? Because God's got an expected end. And I'm a part of of it I'm a part of it thank you brother Haney An irresistible wave of revival, revelation, and revolution is going to overtake us. It's going to sweep over us. And thank you, Brother Demurchin, for challenging us. It's not time to back off. It's not time to idle through the pearly gates. It's time. Come on. It's time to go full throttle into the purpose and the plan. I know we've got restrictions. I know we've got challenges. I know I've been preaching for 40 minutes. But would someone just receive the Word of God tonight and tell hell, tell God, we're in it to win it we're going for it today expecting God we're expecting we're expecting God we're expecting in the last day saying God I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh we are expecting that and God we're expecting your promise God we're expecting that vision that you gave pastor 20 years ago wasn't for nothing it wasn't just to dangle a carrot in front of the church it was to believe you for the impossible it was to believe you for more we are expecting i'm on record tonight it's recorded it's going down in a couple computers it's going off to the youtube server somewhere it's on record tonight but i'm believing god for greater i'm believing god for more I'm believing God for revival. I'm believing God for a multicultural, multi-generational church in Fredericton, New Brunswick, not because it gives credence or credence to us, but because it gives credence and credence to God. It's His promise. It's His expected end. I'm standing on it. I'm praying into it. I'm putting my head between my knees and praying for it. God, send the rain one more time. Send the rain, God. Father, I thank you for this group of people I thank you for this church family their tremendous support their phenomenal encouragement God their stand in the midst of this day I thank you for that God I haven't come to tell us everything that we've got wrong we're here to declare about what you've done right and God we're standing on your promise We're believing what your word says. We have faith that God will do just what he said. We're standing on your promise, God. We're believing your word tonight. Any two or three agree tonight? Anybody in the room just want to say, Pastor Jack, I I feel it, but I'm, come on, I'm joining with it. I have faith for it. Anybody just want to stand and agree? Someone just want to lift your hand and say, I'm, I, I'm there. We're, we're, we're in it together. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God, I'm in. I'm one. I'm one. I'm one. It's an honor to preach to this church family. I thank you for everything that you've done. but I am believing God for more I believe in God for so much more would you just close your eyes for a moment and see it with me come on see a church filled to overflowing come on see people lined up on the outside but not because we can only let 50 in it's because we can only let 500 in we can only let 1000 in Could we believe God for that could God just begin to baptize us with expectation tonight God prepare us prepare us for the hope that you placed in us dedicate us tonight God we pray in Jesus name we ask these things God bless you it's been so good to be in service with you tonight you're dismissed in Jesus name but walk into God's expected end That's what to expect when you're expecting. Look for the one. Somebody's looking for what you've got today. We love you. We commission you tonight in Jesus' name.